0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls.
1: It's amazing how few five-letter dirty words you know. I mean, because they all have the same letters. I mean, you have pussy and you have cunts and you have like penis and dicks. And then what do you do? Like, it's like... Clit?
2: Now what? Now that's four. I guess you could have clits. C-L-I-T. That's four. I don't even know if that would work. Because kinky's not in there, bitch. I mean, how many can there be?
1: Not that many.
2: I don't even remember what today's was. Bonnie's thinking. I see that. (laughs) see the gears going...
1: She's no, not ready. I just, I don't
3: know as many either. The, the couple times I've played it, I had to look up what the yeah. word
2: was. Yeah, the
1: first day I played it, I was like, I don't even know what this word. Is. What was the first word? I don't even remember because I don't know what it was. My first word was felch. What the oh, fuck? Do you know what it. felch
3: is? No. I, no. It's sucking the semen out <gasps> of somebody's anus after you've had wow butt sex. That's why I didn't know that one. Yeah. It's going to really screw my up my algorithm theory. on com- on my computer. That's for sure.
2: Oh God, I am totally. Oh, no. I really didn't ever need to know that. Totally. Yeah. I'm t- oh, my God. <laughs> I need to know that. I need to know all the dirty words. So even though you
3: lose, then you just Google whatever the word was and boom, you have a new word to. So, uh, you know, what is it? Felch? Felch. Mm -hmm. You felching. Felching is the sucking out. Felch, I guess, would be like the liquid that you suck out. So Mm. next time somebody pisses you off, just call them a felch and see if they know what it means. You're such a felch. Uh,
2: uh. There are certain things that just, no. No. See, see, I found out one thing like that one time when we were driving through Omaha and there was a street sign and Dylan started laughing at it. And I don't remember what the word was now, but it was some, some urban dictionary word. And he just tittering uncontrollably back there. (laughs) And I'm like, what? He goes, don't you know what that means? Like, you're like, no, no, I guess we're not as filthy as we thought we were. Nope. (laughs) Nope.
3: I wonder if tea bag would be on there. That's actually two words, but I wonder if you could make it one. But it's six letters. Yeah, that's yeah, that, it is. Five. That's
1: the thing. I could think of all sorts of filthy things, but I mean, kind of like what a great
2: word that would be, but it's too long. That's the first word yeah. that came to my mind because I, I had to look that up first time I saw it on a in a book. That's 90 percent of the dirty words I've ever heard in my life came from books and the rest came from Urban Dictionary. Yes, maybe that's the key. You go to Urban Dictionary and look for five-letter words.
3: Yeah, that's
1: true. I mean,
3: I mean, there's always a cheat. I mean, you just Google "dirty word," "dirty five-letter word," using these letters, and it'll pull you up a list. That
1: doesn't increase your brain power. No, it doesn't. I'm just
3: saying because I mean, I used to do that when I used to play words with
2: friends. So Uh, yeah, words with. You know, I feel the same way about Wordle that I felt about Words with Friends is I was really excited when I first looked at it. And then it was like, oh, this is ridiculously hard. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm I mean, I like the idea of increasing my brain power. It looked like Megan dropped her pants when she stood up. Did you see that? <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, I look atrocious. Good thing we're not videoing anything. Jesus.
2: Nope, I am. It's more like I just felt put off that I had to do one more thing.
1: Why on earth?
2: Because <laughs> it's Did like you have to do it. I, I just feel this peer pressure because of social media and everybody oh, posting hysterical. their fucking scores every fucking day. Stop.
1: I don't, post, I don't post my score. I don't need anybody to know that I.
2: God, Keith, I'm getting so excited. You're going to be here and listen. Less- Wait. We have all day on Friday to do stuff. So I, I don't know. We might have to go to the store or whatnot. We might have to go to a bookstore or whatnot. Yeah. We'll wear our heavy duty masks and we'll go. I with- just
4: accepted we- the fact that like everyone has it.
1: I was just saying that to my husband.
4: I'm fucking accepted it at this point.
1: I'm not getting it. Honestly, if you get it it's gonna it's not gonna be as bad as you think because you no, because we're maxed and, and boosted yeah i know but I i'm mean, not getting it god damn it i'm
2: not getting it
1: <laughs> i <laughs> saw again attack, but... i'm gonna fucking mention tiktok which martha hates but i saw this like young like okay when i say young she's like in her early 20s and she was like sobbing crying to her mom and she had this test and i thought it was like a pregnancy test no it was a COVID test And she had COVID. And she's like, that was my thing that I hadn't gotten COVID this whole fucking time. And now I have it. And I was like, oh, my God, really? She's like, I don't feel that bad because I'm vaxxed and everything. But but that was my thing. I was safe. I tried really hard. And She was like sobbing, snotty mesh. She was so upset. And I was like, oh, honey. (laughs) <laughs> uh, everyone's going to have had it at some point. This is going to go on for 20
4: years. I know. Gonna, I talked to it, them. What's going to happen is it's going to become like exactly <laughs> like the flu. We're going to get a flu shot and a COVID shot every year to match whatever fucking Loki there is out there.
1: Remember how Marie Kondo had her weird, stupid cleaning fad? Uh-huh. You know, there's yeah. something called the. Okay, shit. Is it Swedish? Is it Norwegian? I don't know, but some country has a death cleanse. I think it's so much cooler than the Marie Kondo thing, and it's basically you clean as if some one of your like descendants is gonna come into your house and have to go through all your fucking shit. No, you know what? Good. That is
2: really cool. There's a book in everything. You know what?
4: Fuck that noise. Because if my descendants kept more shit, I'd be able to track them easier instead of this bullshit (laughs) I'm trying to do right now. So you can clean out my shit.
2: You better get to making some descendants then, Megan.
4: I know, right? Look, guys, the ticket pile grows.
2: Jesus!
5: Finally, I would, again. I would probably not end up getting rid of anything. I'd just leave little notes on it for whoever the descendant was, saying, "Really, you need a, This is why you need a room full of Star Trek memorabilia. This right. is right.
4: <laughs> I do. I do want to point out the irony, though, that I hang my VAX card and my plague pass on the same hook where my concert tickets <laughs> sit
2: whatever
1: everything's tainted it's fine. well because
4: in most concerts you have to show your vax card so if i had pick up the vax card and the tickets at the same time then it's uh, um, then i won't mm, forget either
5: one mm, mm. okay since since megan mentioned or keith mentioned that word i've i'm sorry if i spoil the loodle today for anybody
2: <laughs> why is taint a lewd word <laughs> Why is Come on, come on. I forgot what it paint. even was until you Taint. Just said it. Okay, so. paint? Oh, yeah. What does that mean? Uh, oh. why, I mean, I'm used to it. as just you know something
5: that's spoiled, something that's no, your t- tainted by by no taint by is
3: taint no. is the skin between yes. your vagina and your anus. Yes,
2: that's ah, your taint. I right thought that was yeah, a perineum. Your or I thought your your that was a perineum. Your anus,
1: yeah. Oh, but that's it's, that's that's they're Vian- think- generally used for men because women have a perineum, but no one's going to write a dirty book about your perineum. So.
3: So tank, tank. nothing. I think perineum is really more about like the skin around your vagina because the perineum is what they cut when you um, give birth. Uh, but the tank goes all the way. I mean, they're not going to, well, <laughs> sometimes they do cut you from vagina yeah. to asshole when you're having a baby, but usually, but that's usually when it's premature and they want the least amount of pressure on the baby's head as you're delivering
1: But with men, that's like one of the most erogenous zones on their body. So you're supposed to pay special attention to that area.
2: I am learning so much today. I did not, A, know that that was a thing.
1: Wait, so where is, where is blue? Knuckles oh, to the Taint. Goodness.
2: That's a thing that's in
1: every smutty Knuckles book ever. to <laughs> the Taint. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You've never, yeah.
2: Nope, never read that oh my one. Oh, God, even Megan knows about oh, it. Jesus, Martha. I freaking <laughs> I nice. do. Bonnie, did you know that? What? Knuckles to the Taint. I've heard of it before. God, yeah. God damn it's, it. It's new to Martha and me. That's because we're old, Pat. <laughs> I guess so. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the generation where you didn't talk about things like that.
3: Oh, and the perineum actually is for both males and females. See, I thought it
2: was. Yeah.
3: I've never Just heard long. it. It's a medical Anyone term. Yeah, to call yeah. It. yeah. I've, it's not. I've never heard it in reference to guys before.
2: It doesn't really roll off the tongue like. It's taint more of that. a medical term
1: <laughs> than a yeah. smutty book term. Or in-general conversation term.
2: Well, I'll never use the word taint the same way again now. You totally <laughs> fucking ruined it for me. And no, I haven't played Wordle because... Or not Wordle, but... Wordle Loodle.
4: and Moodle. Are those the same app, just you set the settings, or are they two different apps? They're two, two different, different apps. apps. Oh, okay. And I don't know the, if you, like, set, like... No, Not
1: like snarkle, no. <laughs> okay.
4: and there's a um, swear
1: word one too that I haven't played yet because I don't know that many swear words with five letters. It's it's hard to come up with with guesses to even enter, <laughs> right? Like I have maybe seven, and that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, after that, I'm kind of lost. Okay, now yeah. Pat,
2: since you're the queen of words, literally <laughs> been on Jeopardy and whatnot, <laughs> ha- have you done a wordle that you didn't get yet? Yes. Whoa.
5: I'm- I'm working my way back through the archives because I just started doing it. So there's an archive where you can, like, do all the past ones. And I'm about, I think, not quite 75% of the way through the 200 and some there are. And I Eesh. think that's four. Wow. I'm, that's impressive. I, I have nothing better to do.
2: I'm retired. <laughs> oh, did you know pandas have six fingers on each paw not until i saw, saw that meme about the princess bride
4: wait the pandas have six fingers they have six that fingers that just makes them even
2: cuter no mm-hmm. i just had to like bring that up because i saw a meme on facebook and immediately asked alexa and she confirmed that that is actually mm-hmm. true
1: that's awesome
2: that's the so, the random have, fact of the day pandas actually they have, have six don't
5: they, they? Do they have like a thumb on each side or do they have five fingers and one thumb? I don't know. That's a good question, though. I'm going to Google panda paws. Google it. Because if they have two thumbs, they ought to be even better than humans. (laughs) I think something has two thumbs, but it might be an alien from one of the sci fi books.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's see. Here's a little panda paw one, two, three, four. I think they have five fingers and then a thumb from the look of this picture. My
1: one cat has six toes. It doesn't make her cuter. It just makes her harder to cl- clip her claws.
2: Do you Is clip your cats' claws?
1: Yeah, there was. They just super long,
5: get and then when long. they need
1: you, you, you want to die. <laughs> like,
2: Pat, do you clip your kids' claws? Some of them will tolerate it. Some of them won't. I was gonna say I've had cats my whole life, and I have never attempted that. Hmm.
5: Oh yeah, Sammy. I just will thought let you let had do it
1: to. to. Sammy and Callie, I can do. I mean, you clip your dog's nails. It's the same thing. Now, see. In my mind, I thought if I didn't, their claws would grow and they just roll in
2: on each other, like the woman that can't like use toilet paper. No, because if you think about cats in the wild, that's why they. Yeah, but
3: they work them down. If they don't, if they don't don't work them down, that they can because they grow. I've seen it before. I've seen a video before. (laughs)
4: That's why you make scratching posts. For I cats. am finding so out yeah. so
2: many things today. I feel like my mind is completely blown. I just it's can't. same with I, dogs,
4: some mm-hmm. dogs,
3: they, their paws don't, their nails don't grow as much. I mean, Echo's an inside dog, and I've never had to clip her nails.
2: Speaking of animals, I read a book again, which I do obviously a <laughs> I was lot. Say you do that um, often. And but... I went to I went to the the Goodreads to do a review a review. Thank you. And mm-hmm. I was writing about it and then i thought well i'll just have a look to see what everybody else said and they're like terrible animal blah 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 you know you know how they do that what do they call that a trigger warning trigger warning <laughs> trigger warning for animal cruelty and i'm it took me a good solid 5 minutes to remember what the fuck they were talking about because i just don't <laughs> notice it
4: it's like there's a whole website that you can go to it's literally called does like the dog die.com it, it'll tell it, yeah, you if Jesus the dog dies Christ. in the book or movie you're reading or I mean, watching.
2: I'm, I'm focused on the humans in the story and i don't notice does that make me a bad person no, no. it makes you a different huh? person
4: i'm trying to remember if the dog dies in the book i'm reviewing for the podcast <laughs> live show so i can put that trigger because i've seen i've I've seen, like I said, I've seen the movie, so I, I haven't gotten to that part. Oh, now yet. that
2: you bring that up, let's let's talk about the live show, which is coming up in two weeks. A week? Uh, no, I, I was thinking we had two well, episodes, but we actually, yeah, yeah. The live show, yeah, the live
1: show will yeah, be, in live a week, show, but it'll be recorded and right, whatever, and right. So
2: we'll play an episode that we record today because we're recording two episodes today so we'll time travel for the second episode because we'll actually be doing the live show the day before that and I can't edit when I've got that many people visiting. Nope, <laughs> right. That would just be rude.
4: So yes, you can come see us at full circle. It's so in less than a week six days.
2: away. The way this works, <laughs> in, in case you have never been to one of our live events before, the way this works 29. is we will re, we will each Review a book like normal for a normal podcast, finish that. And then because we're at the bookstore, we will be doing a book club type event with the Radium Girls by Kate Moore. Thank you. So that if you want to participate in that, then we will do it after the actual podcast. But you don't have to participate in that if you don't want to. You can just hang out. and Listen on the 29th at Full Circle Books. Bring a heavy duty mask. You know, my only regret about having a mask at an event like that is how the hell are you going to drink your beer?
4: Unmask, take a sip, put a mask back on.
2: (laughs) Well, anyway, you can come out and meet us at the event. It's going to be awesome. We'll be in our masks so you don't have to see my nose.
1: (laughs) You won't see my resting bitch face. It'll be great.
2: And we're going to go do all kinds of fun and exciting things after. I don't (gasps) know how much else we'll get done. No stripping shows. No strippers. Sorry. I totally forgot to tell you. Guess who is going to be our tech? Ooh, the bearded book girl, Josh Lupton. Oh! So you've never met him. See? So you'll get to meet the bearded book girl in person. I'm pumped up, man. Martha,
3: are you going to get jealous when I give Josh Lupton a hug cuz he always hugs me when he sees me? Yes. He's like he's like it's almost like when I'm hugging Tyler when I hug Josh Lupton though. He's yeah. like
2: he won't just, she, she won't hug me, but she'll hug Josh. You're
1: bony.
3: <laughs> That's not very Josh Lepton nice Josh smells better <laughs> Oh man You bitches
2: So now that we have uh, Discussed all kinds of weird shit But the weirdest thing I feel like And the most random that we brought up today Was about the panda having Six fingers Because it's so random
4: It is kind of random I did not
2: know that But it works, it works toes? great though Because we can now transition into Vani's book Which is Zoo related. Kind of is it gonna make us cry? Oh yeah! All the animals die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they
4: all
1: die in a bombing. She didn't die. Don't ruin it. the book, Keith.
3: <laughs> they didn't. They don't die in a bombing. Thank God. But it, it is suck. during the uh, German Blitz, so there is bombings happening around the zoo. But can I give my synopsis, please? Without <laughs> you, you giving spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, The Elephants of Belfast by S. Kirk Walsh. And I will have to say, Keith, that for our animal lovers out there, I almost quit this book because of things that happened to the animals in the zoo. So, that being said, this book is about a 20 year old girl named Hetty Quinn in a town called Belfast, which is in Ireland, during 1940. So, it's right. During World War II, um, Ireland really isn't a part of the war at the beginning of this book, but it very quickly starts to become part of the war. Like they start evacuating the women and children to go to the country and so on and so forth. And um, Hetty has had kind of a tough life up until now. she It's basically just her and her mom. The rest of her family members have died in various ways, which it explains in the book. And she works at the zoo, which her mom thinks is inappropriate. She wants her to get a better job, more suited for a woman, because I mean zookeeper, a woman zookeeper at that time was very unheard of, but she loves the animals. She loves doing what she does. So she stays there and she pushes to get more responsibilities And one of the responsibilities that she ends up getting is taking care of a new Indian elephant that the zoo has acquired named Violet. And the elephant is quite young, a little mischievous. Love the elephant in this. And there are two other elephants in the elephant enclosure habitat, whatever you want to call it. Most of them have been rescued. I can't remember how exactly Violet was rescued, maybe like from a circus or something like that. But she really bonds with this elephant and loves this elephant. And as the war continues and funding for the zoo drops, um, it becomes a mission of hers to try to save this elephant. And so that the elephant doesn't isn't transferred to a different zoo or or so on and so forth. And then of course the bombings happen and then it's trying her trying to keep the elephant safe during the bombings. And I'm not going to say exactly what happens because I don't want to give that part of the book away, but in part of the book, she ends up kidnapping the elephant and walking the elephant down the middle of the street of the city (laughs) away from the zoo to an unknown's location because she's trying to escape the police.
2: But walking down the middle of the street with an elephant is a little bit obvious. Maybe it was well, dark. <laughs> well,
3: right. But you have to remember it's that a lot balanced. of the city has been evacuated at this point, too. Oh, oh that's Because true. of the bombings. I mean, the bombings have already, the blitz has already started. So there's a lot of air raids, a lot of bombings happened, a lot of people who have lost, you know, homes. So a lot of streets that had a lot of, that was busy and had a lot of people and kids playing in the street and traffic and yada yada doesn't really have that anymore because a lot of the homes have been ruined from the bombings. Gotcha. But it is still quite odd and she does get lots of looks and um, the children love it. It's not an elephant. This is my, this is my, my dog, my cat, just Just happens to have a really long nose. I need to put my dog on a diet, (laughs) (laughs) gain a little weight, but it's just, it's kind of about that. And it's about her life and about her poor choices in men, because I mean, she is 20. And so there's, you know, love interests in her life that she makes bad choices and you just want to tell her what the fuck are you thinking why <laughs> you're you're smart enough to take care of this elephant why do you not see these guys for who they are but of course it makes it interesting to people on another level who aren't reading it just because it's during world war 2 or just because it's about an elephant once i got past the part that i told you i almost quit reading it for it It was really good. The beginning, I kind of fluxed a little bit because it was a lot about her and her flirtatious relationship with these different men and stuff. And I was kind of like, well, it's going to be one of these kind of novels. And and then it started getting good and then bad things happened. And I was like, I don't know if I can finish this book. (laughs) And then it got even better. And so, yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed this book. It's well written. It keeps you entertained. Definitely not a happy book by any means, but it was, it was good, I enjoyed it. And for all the animal lovers who read this book, I'm sorry. I mean, you know I don't cry at books and I almost cried at this book because if I wasn't reading it at work, I might have shed a tear. Yeah, it was pretty sad. And that was called The Elephants of Belfast by S. Kirk Walsh.
4: That sounds intriguing. It
3: does I mean, it was really good? I mean, you have to get through some very cringe worthy parts, but it was good.
5: Real so was quick, it, was, it a, was it a novel or is it a non fiction? It's a historical fiction. Before well, I think of it, I had that same question about the book you did last, um, uh, Damnation Spring. Was that a novel or was that factual? I'm pretty
3: sure that that was um, historical fiction, but I can look real uh. quick. I think it is. I think it was. No, that one was it was fiction. Oh,
5: Okay. Oh, okay.
3: but I mean, you know, they're based on true events. Uh huh. That's one thing I hate reading a book that I think is based on true events. And then I look it up and I'm like, they just made this shit up. Why the fuck am I reading this book? I don't want to read it. They're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> she feels betrayed.
1: I'm not reading a romance this week. <gasps> what? I know everyone gasped. <laughs> We're gasping. <laughs> Um, So, the book I read this week is called The Accomplice by Lisa Lutz. And I love she is Lisa an author. Lutz. I'm still I, on hold
2: for that. God damn you, Keith.
1: <laughs> All right. I got an advanced copy.
2: Damn it. I love so this book. Love her. Will, this
1: book will be Keith out is Tuesday. a net galley whore. I Keith's a am, net galley whore. I am a net galley slut. <laughs> <laughs> Keith is like, no
2: big deal, but I have 30 net galleys to read this week. Lisa Lutz is, um, I I have two of her books on my shelf. The Spellman Files, one of my favorite all-time sleuth-type novels. So good.
1: So I've read everything she's ever written. I've read all the Spellman Files, The Swallows. Like, Mm. So she writes all sorts of, she's very... um, She writes a lot of different kinds of books. The Spellman Files are all kind of funny mysteries. Then she writes suspenseful. She can write dramatic. But people either love Lisa Lutz or they just can't get into her.
2: I don't get that at all.
1: I think she's awesome. I don't either. But this particular book... If you're not a big fan of some of her earlier things, some of her like more suspenseful things like The Passenger. Oh, I love The might, Passenger. I loved it, too. You might not like this one. She is not like an Alice Feeney or mm-hmm. like the some of the our authors that write fiction lately. They have to have huge twists and turns. Lisa Lutz is a very, very... um realistic writer like nothing ever happens that's out of the scope of like reality mm-hmm. in my opinion so this particular book is I mean like ev- everything she writes in my opinion is really fascinating the main characters are Owen and Luna and they meet in college and they have this friendship where they are like ride or die buddies till the end and they never have a romantic entanglement or relationship or even a moment together and that stupefies everyone around them throughout this book pretty much uh there is this tragic event that happens in college and the two of them are still friends throughout it um you kind of this book is told in three different times so you really have to pay attention at the beginning of chapters. They will tell you what timeline you're in and what the date is. So, but they do tell you also in the audiobook, you just have to kind of be listening or else it gets confusing. Cause I know I had to be like, oh wait, I missed where we're at in the timeline. But um, so in the present day, 20 years after they've gone to college, uh, they are still best friends. They live sort of near each other. They're both married to different people and um luna is really good friends with his wife actually and his wife comes over for coffee one morning and is like so i want to talk about owen um is he cheating on me and luna's the kind of person that would never ever in a million years and she pretty much says you know what anything he tells me i'm not going to tell you but she has no idea oh And I mean the wife. So the wife is basically like, yeah, um, I'm fairly certain. And the wife's name is Irene. Irene's like, I know he's cheating on me. And Luna is surprised. And she meets him later and is says, Owen, are you cheating on her? And he's like, yeah. And apparently he's cheated on her. Apparently his cheating on people is not a big surprise to Luna. But But, yeah, um, she's surprised that he did it. She's surprised, I think, more that he did it again because I think he's done it before and that Irene knows about it. And she pretty much says, Irene asked me about it because she they're the kind of friends that they don't keep secrets. And they tell everyone, hey, yeah, I'm married to you, but Owen's my my dude. So, I mean, so the the spouses kind of know that they come second is what. The vibe that you get, wow. honestly. So then Owen is trying to call Irene to kind of find out what's what, and Owen and re- Irene kind of have a weird relationship where sometimes they just go off and do their own thing. So she doesn't come home that night, and he's not super concerned. But then he keeps calling and texting, and she doesn't get back to him. Well, so I re- so Luna tries to make a date with Irene to go jogging in the cemetery. And that she sounds never like a terrible
4: back.
1: plan. <laughs> it's just where they go jogging. You guys don't go. I walk in the cemetery all the time. But anyway, because um, it's quiet and nice. What?
3: <clears throat> I used to walk in the cemetery. See?
1: Bonnie knows. It is peaceful. I'll give you that. So she goes, she doesn't hear back from Irene, but she goes to, and thinks, well, maybe we'll meet at the cemetery to jog. And she finds her dead body.
2: In the cemetery? Oh, sh- yeah, oh, where
1: it belongs, man. but it's not buried or anything, it's just there, and she's dead. And it's obvious that it like foul play has occurred. So, so she said she didn't just hit her a head cut or, throat
2: anything. or whatnot. I think she was shot.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I'm fairly certain she was shot. Um, wow, and she doesn't have her cell phone on her, so she first thing she does is she jogs to Owen's house to tell him that his wife is there, and they both. And then she calls all in line the police. So Owen and she are at the body when the police come. Oh, and of no. course, he's touching it and stuff. So, and you know that that's never good, but hmm. that's what happened. Um, there aren't a ton of plot twists, but there are an awful lot of secrets that the characters are keeping from each other at some points from other people and especially from you. So all this stuff just keeps intertwining. And that's one of the brilliant things that Lisa Lutz does. Like she has all these timelines going and yet I don't find it insanely confusing. You just, you kind of go through each timeline and she'll wield some more answers in but then when you get the answers you have more questions and everything is wrapped into a nice little bow at the end but not necessarily in the happy way you would want and her books definitely make you think now her books are always told uh, with an omniscient area narrator and i know that really bugs some people but she doesn't do it in a really bizarre kind of way you just you know what people are thinking when they're thinking it. Um, But I know that bugs a lot of people. And I think that might be why some people are turned off by her writing style. But if you like a really good realistic mystery with suspense, but not insane suspense, she just weaves a really awesome story. And it's the she writes books that I just can't put down. Like, I need to know all the answers. It doesn't matter how long it takes me to get there. and But eventually you get there. Yeah, I can't say enough. I, I loved it. I love all her books. This was much different than other things she's written. But it was really, really good. I gave it five stars. It's clean, no smut, suspenseful, but not crazy suspenseful. Um, And that was The Accomplice by Lisa Lutz.
2: Which I'm still on hold for. And if you don't like Lisa Lutz, you're obviously wrong. That's all I have to say about that.
1: (laughs) You should give her another try is what you should do. I I really love her work. I do too. Yeah, she's great.
2: All righty then. Shall we move right along to some weird sci-fi? Weird sci-fi? With Pat.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Well, um, what I read uh, this week was Walking
5: to Aldebaran by Adrian Tchaikovsky. So, your fun astronomical fact for the day. Aldebaran is a star in the constellation Taurus, 14th brightest star in the night sky and 65
2: light years away. So, only a 60 very, only 65 light years. That's not bad. A very long walk. I was just going to say it's going to take a long time to
5: walk there. Yeah. Unless you happen to have this strange, mysterious, ancient, interdimensional nexus called the crypt. The crypts, actually. Uh, Where you go in on one side and you you have to walk a fair way. So you you can walk around in there for, as we find out, days, weeks, months. But you have a reasonable chance of coming out in some other star system. So it's a it's a shortcut across the galaxy that in the beginning of this book, humans have just located it out in the Oort cloud beyond Neptune, way out there, around what used to be a planet, Pluto. Anyway, they find this thing and they go, you know, they have no idea what it is. They send in a team to explore and they find out very quickly that when you go in, weird things happen. Stra- I mean, strange and horrifying things happen. It's also, it's very easy to get killed. It's possible to come out fine on the other side. You meet aliens, you meet monsters, and and horrifying things happen in here. The, and it reminded me in that respect, if, if anybody's a classic sci-fi fan, there's a story, a Harlan Ellison story called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which is also about Five people stuck at the end of the, they're the last five humans and they're being tormented by a computer, an all-powerful computer, a Terminator-type Skynet sort of thing. Anyway, the difference is that really, that story really is horrifying. And this one is kind of fun. And the difference is the voice it's told in. Uh, Our hero in Walking to Aldebaran, despite all the horrifying shit that happens to him, kind of maintains a sense of humor and and it's his wry snarky comments about things like at one point there's uh, he runs into some monster that just has more sharp pointy things and big nasty teeth and slime and, and you know everything and he says it's like somebody broke into God's desk after school hours and took all the toys that he'd confiscated from the dark angels and put them all together in one horrifying beast. Anyway, uh, n- no spoiler alerts about uh, what the upshot of all this is, but uh, pretty interesting. And it left me with a theory because, well, pretty much since the time of Forrest Gump came out, there's, you know, all kinds of life is like a fill in the blank meme, <laughs> But this, this one very much made me say life is like an interdimensional time warping alien crypt. So, uh, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a novella. It's only about 100 pages long, so it's a quick read, and I have very much been getting into the work of Adrian Tchaikovsky. He's a um a big presence on the current sci-fi scene who I'm I'm late to the party to get uh, get into his books, but I'm really really enjoying his stuff. He he thinks in all kinds of quirky ways, and he expresses himself. It's almost got a little touch of Douglas Adams in some of the way he it just expresses things with that, that quirky sense of humor. So that was Walking to Aldebaran by Adrian Tchaikovsky.
2: I thought it was an excellent book, but it was it had some really creepy parts in it. Yeah. I mean, seriously creepy. That ending, holy crap. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. All righty then.
5: Life is, life is like an interdimensional crypt. You either, some people walk through it just fine and some people get turned into monsters. Yeah.
2: And, and I, I think I'm going to have to keep that on my on my list of things to say. Life is like I an interdimensional Pat crypt. That. I think that <laughs> needs to make a t-shirt that says that somebody needs to make a t-shirt.
4: Because <laughs> I would agree. Yes, all right we're gonna take like a hard left Uh from from sci-fi but it's also kind of a hard left from what i would normally review so it's just totally different kind of book today um i actually bought this book when we were in denver and phoenix and i both bought it because it was the first time i had ever seen it actually physically in a store and i was like this is coming home with me so i am reviewing rumple buttercup a Story of Bananas, Belongings, and Being Yourself by Matthew Gray Goobler. Um, some of you are like, why do I know that name? It's because it is Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds wrote a book and he also illustrates it. It's basically a, car- a picture book almost. Um, and so he d- he wrote the story and he drew all the characters and all the things that go with it. Um, so Buttercup. Um, lives in the sewer of this town. And I'm just going to read how they describe him because there's no other way to describe him. He has five crooked teeth, three strands of hair, green skin, and his left foot is slightly bigger than his right. And he thinks that like no one in the town would accept him. So he's just going to keep living in his little sewer drain. And he, he views the world through the sewer drain and he there's a trash can right by his sewer drain and he'll like reach up and like take stuff out of the trash can and that's kind of his experience of the world well he ends up getting candy corn from the trash can and um we all know how much i love candy corn so i was cackling um (laughs) i love that word gackling I was cackling. Um, And this is at the height of Halloween when I was reading this kind of when like my coworkers and I were having the great candy corn debate in our office. So I was like constantly sending them pictures of the book. Um, And he makes a candy corn friend on his wall in the sewer. And he just talks to the candy corn friend throughout the book. Um, And then he and then like there's a big festival. I want to say it was like a pancake festival that they do every year. And it has like a parade and it's like a whole big thing. And it's like his favorite day of the year because he gets to see everybody in town. And of course they leave lots of goodies in the streets that he could eat and pick up. Um, But it's basically a lot about like finding your, being okay with yourself and realizing that people are gonna accept you as you, even if you don't think that they will. Um, The bananas part is he gets a banana peel and wears it around like a hat. So he's like... (laughs) got his little banana peel hat and he thinks it's gonna like disguise him so people won't realize it's him um but it's super cute of just like being that gangly awkward guy or girl or kid and thinking like no one's gonna accept me like I look weird compared to everybody else and then finding that people will accept you more than you think they will and it was such a fun cute book I read it's only 136 pages and it's probably not even that many words (laughs) because it's all cartoons and it's so fun and i just loved it and i love matthew gray goobler and he actually like when he goes and does his book talks when this was coming out he has a rumble Buttercup costume that he will wear i know (laughs) it's (laughs) glorious um when you see the cover when on the on the internet on socials and on our website you'll see he's just a fun, lovable character. People have him like tattooed and like if they meet Matthew Gray Goobler, they'll have him like sign and then they'll tattoo their his signature like under the cartoon on their on their body, wherever they put it or whatever. And it was just a cute, feel good story about, you know, accepting yourself and others will accept you at the same time. And that was Rumple Buttercup, a story of bananas, belonging and being yourself by the one and only Matthew Gray Goobler. I can't believe you can say
2: his name without fucking it up. Because I say it all the time. He's like Greg obsessed with him, if, if, <laughs> if, I, if I try to say that name, it comes out Gleg Luebler. <laughs> yeah,
4: I, I do have to really it. focus when I say Gray. Yeah. Like I have to really like be like Gray and then the rest of it just flows yeah. out. He has a second book coming out, I think. I feel like there was some hints dropped on his socials that he was doing another book. So... Here's hoping. Yep. I have to go back to Denver to get it, apparently.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, kiddos. Time for the last book of the day. Dun, dun, dun. And as it would figure, the name of the book has to do with being the last. But it's called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. This book felt like, it felt like binging an entire Netflix show in one day because I started reading it and I could not stop. I had to finish it. It was a very urgent type book and really enjoyable as well. I gave it five stars. I couldn't find anything wrong with it. I really loved it that much. So entertaining. It was not very long. It was only 300 and some pages, but it was a perfect 300 and some pages in my opinion. I thought it was excellent. It begins where... Our main character, whose name is Hannah, she uh, has I can't remember if she's come home from work or what. But anyway, this kid comes to the door in a soccer uniform after school, whatever, and hands her a note on yellow legal paper that says something to the effect of. I can't remember if it says anything else. It just says protect her on it. That's I think it. that's what it says. It just says protect her. Now, Hannah has been recently married or fairly recently married to a guy who has a 16-year-old daughter, and they have kind of a strained relationship to say the least. He her and her dad have been together without her mom for a, a long time, and They have a very strong bond. So when he marries Hannah, there's kind of that thing of, you know, you're, you're taking time away from, you know, the relationship that I have with my dad. So she doesn't really like Hannah very much. Well, of course, when the husband doesn't come home, we begin this journey of sorts. We have no idea where the husband is. We do know that he works for a company that is being investigated for something and they've just raided the office. So it's, we automatically assume that he has done something nefarious and has had to leave town. Well, when Hannah comes home from school, she has a duffel bag filled with money that was left in her locker. So once again, We think that he's done something nefarious and has had to leave town and he's running. Well, the great thing about this book is you start to realize right away that something is totally off. This U.S. Marshal shows up at the door and is asking questions about where he is. And of course, she doesn't know a thing. But what's weird is he's from Texas and they're in Sausalito, California, and she can't figure out what the hell this dude from Texas is doing there asking questions when it's not even his jurisdiction. Well, being the kind of person she is, she decides she's going to go find out what the hell the deal is with Austin, Texas, and why all of a sudden stuff's turning up about Austin. Why does Austin give a shit about who, who he is and whatnot? So she goes and starts to dig. And the stuff that she finds is very, very unexpected. And I think that's the reason that I I like the book so much. It's, It's a twist, but not the kind of twist that I really saw coming, but it's nothing drastic to where it's totally unbelievable type thing. It made sense within the context of the story that was told in the beginning. You see a lot of empty spaces in his life and you don't really understand why they're there. Um, but obviously Laura, Dave does an excellent job of telling the story as all of these things come out and Hannah and Bailey, who's the daughter are in Austin and they're in an unusual situation because of all of these secrets that have been kept. It was really good. There were a lot of super tense moments. Like I said, it felt like sitting in one spot, binging a Netflix show all day long. It was so good. And I'd be really surprised if it doesn't get made into a series because it was exactly that kind of book. Um, like I said, I gave it five stars without even a hesitation because it was so compelling and just great, fantastic. It's exactly what it should be for what it is, which is super entertaining I found out after the fact, actually like two minutes ago, as I was reading through some of this stuff, that it was a Reese book club pick. (laughs) I don't pay any attention. You read a Reese book? I don't pay any attention to that kind of thing. I just read the book because it came up on one of the lists as being a good book. And you know me. It won
1: 2021 for like best thriller of Goodreads. Yeah. Oh,
2: wow. So I had it on my list. I was on hold for it for a really long time. And just read it without really knowing much about it and guess what it's fantastic so i feel like i discovered it too even though it was hers first (laughs) (laughs) so whatever it was still a fantastic book i really liked it and that was called the last thing he told me by laura dave
4: so speaking of wild animals at the beginning of the episode Uh i just saw apparently the best one of my friends post it says the oklahoma department of wildlife twitter was ha- account was having a day today and it shows a mountain lion like playing in the snow at some point and not that we've had snow i was and gonna it says, say what i'm gonna say what <laughs> i I think they were just being witty and it's you know how people are like if you're cold the pets are cold let them in like you know that yeah say. so it's this is a mountain lion playing in the snow it says you're cold they have fur do not let it inside <laughs> That's what my husband
2: says about dogs. They have fur. Let them be out there.
4: So so then everyone starts responding with snarky memes. And one says, you're not my dad. (laughs) (laughs) And then they replied with, don't sass me, a meme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but it gets better. Then somebody else replies and says, if I ever killed, get killed by a mountain lion, just now my
2: last words were, here, kitty, kitty. Nice. <laughs> oh, look at that kitty cat. It's so soft. <laughs> <laughs> then the Oklahoma department replied back, God help me. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Serious.
4: <laughs> and then somebody else said, this just says, I do what I want. <laughs>
2: well, we've clearly learned all that. That that is people's attitude after, you know, COVID and everything. People are going to do what they want. Yeah.
4: So if you need a good laugh, apparently go check out the Oklahoma D- department of wildlife's Twitter from yesterday. Cause the memes are great. <laughs> I have not played Loodle or Wordle or any of the Earls. Why not? um, Because. You know a joiner. I should, um, but I'm grounded because I need to finish this book for the live show on Saturday. Oh, (laughs) that makes
2: sense now. (laughs) Megan can't do anything except for read.
4: Yeah, and I, I, I I had to take a brain break between the last book I read and this one. So I was able to watch half of the, second season of cheer because i just needed a brain cleanse
2: i i I don't think cheer and brain cleanse go in the same sentence together no it
4: is because it's like brain candy (laughs) it's just brain candy if you say so but it's funny the more you watch cheer do you think you know what you're talking about when you I talk about? I thought you meant like the show about the bar, and you no. realize you're watching the show about the cheerleaders. Cheerleader. Like you sit there, you get like after season one, and you're like halfway through season two, and like one girl just can't get her like stunt right, and you're just sitting there like you're the coach watching, going, pull her out of there, pull her, she ain't gonna make it. Take, take no, her out. That's like, you, Megan. That's you. <laughs> no, it's it's everybody's been saying it that's watching it. They're like the first episode cheer. You're like, oh, cheerleaders. And then like episode six, they're like, what are you doing? Why can't you stick that landing? Why are you
1: falling? Like you start yelling at the TV like you are a coach.
4: I was like that emo kid
1: that was into Guns and Roses when I was in middle school, so I wasn't real into cheer, and I don't know that I would be real into watching cheer
2: now. Me neither. (laughs) Although I will tell you a fun fact: I'm a loser. You know, I wouldn't cheer, Bonnie. If you heard a strange fact about Ron that could actually make you gasp, was Ron a cheerleader? Ron was a cheerleader. in no! college. he was a cheerleader in college. Very is briefly, is he watching cheer? Is he no, watching cheer he only secretly? did it. He only did it to meet girls.
0: I,
1: I mean, was just gonna say because Adam's his, best friend is this very burly guy, yep. and he cheered for our college team too. And he did it to meet chicks. Yep, and he just wow, wanted to get laid. To meet
2: Girls, it was. <laughs> I don't know if it actually got him any pussy. And you get to but... touch him in all sorts of weird and appropriate places. Yeah, but he did it. He has nice, strong hands, my husband. <laughs> 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 Worked Are you out surprised, for you, Bonnie? Are you surprised?
3: Yeah, a little, because that means he'd be in the public eye and he's not one to be the center of attention.
2: Nope, he hates it. Which is why I don't understand how the hell that could happen. I found that out. That was probably under a
1: cheerleader skirt.
2: That was probably the most surprise I've ever been in my life. I didn't find that out until we were married for a while. His brother started giving <laughs> shit about being a cheerleader, and I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about?"
3: Hey Keith, maybe that's why she likes the kilt so much. Mm. The guys in kilts.
2: Hmm.
3: Ron gets into his cheerleading outfit at night and play a little role
2: play. He has to lift up his arms and then the skirt goes up. Oh yeah! (laughs) He would lose his mother freaking mind if he heard us talking about this right now. He would be so pissed. This is how I'm going to introduce myself. Hi,
1: Rod. I heard you are a cheerleader. Don't you dare, Keith! You bitch.
2: No, he he probably at this point. He's so two eighty, Ron. Listen to it. He has been given. He's been people have been giving him a hard time about it for so long. He probably just brush it off by now. You
3: know, when he raises his hands up, he gets a little breeze on his taint down there. Gets all excited, <laughs> <laughs> and the, short gets e- the skirt gets even shorter. Oh my god! I'm gonna say oh my god then he goes from being a cheerleader to a boy scout <laughs> because he's pitching a tent <laughs> <laughs> okay all right all right
2: all right that's gonna do it for whew, three, three book book girls. girls
0: can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at three bookgirls.com and join the group